following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 50. Two. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, this has become, like, this thing has taken on a whole life of its own. I swear this weekend, I probably ran into two or three people in the hotel alone that asked me, what number show are we on? Uh, so I think fans are kind of digging this thing. I love how it took 17 years for you to figure out a gimmick to get anyone but you <laughs> right, to care about right. this. And now we're there, and people care. And so, you Nick, cared so much you didn't do it yesterday. Well, you gave us one at the end, Alshamon Singleton, right. which is awesome. No, keep um, people on their toes. Make 52. them wait. Make them wait 52. through the whole show. You, know, you got a fifty-two? Yeah, you know, usually it's like there's a there's a right answer and then there's my answer. Yeah, I think it's the same. I think Dexter Coakley. There 52. we go. Fifty-two. Oh, Dexter Coakley. He was a good player, man. Dave, what's your fifty-two? I think Connor's the only fifty-two I've ever covered. Justin Durant. Oh my guy, ah. actually. I for, I'm sorry, Justin. I I loved Justin Durant. Yeah. He uh, he's big into music. I think he yeah. DJs and is just as a side hobby. And the only we, player I know that actually took time to go down on his own and and go and just attend South by Southwest, which is a big conference yeah. down in Austin. It's like tech and geek kind yeah. of stuff. I used to like on especially like wow way back in the ancient days they used to even do avail um, they did player availability on Mondays right after the game which was like the biggest waste of time yeah especially if they lost oh you're not gonna find anybody in there and even if they're in there they're not gonna want to talk but me and Durant used to I would ask him for music recommendations on Mondays just be like what are you listening to right now and it was always good you know what I wish he would have done what when Aaron Rodgers was rolling out on that third and sixteen in the in the playoff game, I wish he kind of would have, you know, just beat him to the punch instead of just kind of waited to see if he was going to run. Why you got to bring up old stuff? Yeah, saying that's what I remember. Sitting here, fond memories, right. bringing Dexter that up. Coakley, though, Dexter you know what, Coakley. You know what Dexter Coakley did? All kind of full yeah. circle. His uh, not his rookie year, but his like third year, he made big plays in the games where people were watching, like Thanksgiving. Wasn't that Miami yeah, Dolphins? Miami Dolphins. There we go. Two picks. My for memory t- worked. Two picks. One for a touchdown. Ends up going to the Pro Bowl. So when yeah. you do it on the big stage, guys like Micah Parsons having his best game on big stage like that, you know, Helps. it could help. Al Absolutely. Singleton, or excuse me. Al Johnson is my fifty-two. Al Johnson. Al Johnson. Johnson. Center. Right. Yep, center. Fifty-two. Wisconsin. Yeah. And just so his like relatives don't email me, I mean, Dave Edwards was a really good linebacker back in the seventies. <laughs> he really was. Sounds like you've uh, gotten had some emails that. in the yeah. past from yeah. that family. You know, um, but going back to what I was saying about that with Pro Bowl and stuff, like this team could have ten Pro Bowlers. Yeah, like they had zero last year. I'm gonna say it would be Is that quite, quite the reversal. You know, it's funny. Actually, literally, I, mean, it's I think not it's even play in the game, but to have ten, that's amazing. It's either today or tomorrow that I got a conference call with the NFL talking about. Pro Bowl, like they're starting it up, so I voting mean, should be starting here soon. I don't care if it sounds cocky or whatever. Like it's the Dallas Cowboys; they're the most visible team in the league. If they're good, they're gonna have. Oh yeah, they're they're probably gonna have more than they deserve. If we're being honest, yeah, I mean, exactly right. But, every time it's happened, like that, every time they've had a really good team, they have a ton of people at the Pro Bowl. But I, mean, I but I count nine that are probably deserving right now, and, that, and that's that's kind of looking. Okay, at throw them out there: Dak, Zeke, um, Dalton Schultz. Okay. I, I'm just look at the the, the question comes: number. Who else? Yeah, who yeah, else? Zach, but not him. Yeah, Zach, Tyron. That's we'll Nick. talk about that. If you're an offensive lineman, once you've been to like two, yeah. the, it's you just a snowball. Yeah. yeah, and then um, I think Gregory. Yep. Yeah. Micah. Yep. Maybe Diggs. Kidding. <laughs> Diggs uh, is already Diggs there. Is Diggs is in. How many is that? Eight. That's eight. Right, yeah. I thought I had a good nine. Oh, I receivers are tough. Because there's so many receivers that are getting catches and all that. Those and guys in the Rams get yards, all like, those, yeah. Yeah. those those Rams receivers like just they're gonna sit there with yeah, I mean, almost hundred and but one of them's already, getting yeah. there. I think. I think one of them ends up there. Lamb, Lamb or CD, Lamb or CD. Yeah. Y'all, I mean, y'all, I mean, both, sorry, y'all just Cooper. said both of his names. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Cooper. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. Just, yeah. 
I think Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper deserves. He it. deserves it. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. I, so there. So that gives you nine. They give you yeah. And then Amari's we'll on. See. We'll see what a safety does something. You did say Dak, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, for sure. as as good as he's been across his entire career, like Amari Cooper's never been a touchdown guy. Like his career high is eight in 2019. He's ne- like he's never had more than that. He's he's pretty reliable for like five six. Yeah. It's already on five. He's got yeah. five, yeah. He's going to be there. He's yeah. going to be in the Pro Bowl as long as so that's nine. Healthy. That's a that's a healthy number right there. I mean that that means you you mm-hmm. guys probably need to send somebody to cover Pro Bowl this year. So Maybe don't say that. We're not going to play in the game. You and Amber not touching that. You and We're Amber. Or said it that. twice. <laughs> no. Um, I, you know, maybe the defense, another defensive guy could get into the mix. Like, I don't. Know, I just want. Safety. I just want to be able to. I would laugh. Leighton? No, no, not not with Micah. Did you too. say Leighton? He's playing pretty good. Didn't yesterday you say he didn't play very well? Yes, last I didn't, Sunday. That wasn't me. That wasn't you. I thought mm-hmm. it was you. I thought he played well. Oh, okay. I don't. Play. I don't think he's been bad. I'm not. I don't think he's. I think he's been pro played like already. a pro no. bowler. And Randy may may not make it too. His numbers aren't. Aren't, I mean, depending no. on what numbers you're looking at. I'm looking at five sacks at the less than halfway point in and the And certainly season. if you look at pressures and stuff like that, he's right. right up there. And I would say it like this. Once again, if you're talking about fan voting, fans are going to be like, man, he's balling. Yeah, like, he is. You know, so I, I don't – I, I think Gregory need, gets in. I need no – we need we need to have another – I need Tony to get into the end zone a couple more times. I would laugh my ass off if the backup running back made a Pro that Bowl case. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be funny. All right. Uh, I did want to talk about some injuries. It's usually we wait and talk about injuries on Wednesday, but there's so many right now. And I want to talk about um, kind of where they are. And I want to talk about like what, how the Cowboys are going to manage these, these different injuries. Let's start first with obviously the injury that lingered from last week, Dak and his calf. Uh, what did Mike McCarthy have to say yesterday about where Dak is at this point? He said that, um, the Wednesday's going to be a little different practice, so he may do he may be limited some Wednesday. They're hoping by Thursday he'll be full go. And, and then Jerry said this morning on the radio that he wouldn't can't really. What did he say exactly? He, he expects him to play. Yeah. He yeah. says he I has, can't see a scenario. Maybe he said like every expectation that he'll go on Thursday, and yeah. they're very optimistic. Now here's here's where I need you guys to give me your expert opinion on covering this team. Two weeks ago at the bye, there was also that kind of talk where, oh, I can't see a reason why he wouldn't be all good by the time we get back from the bye. Thank God we got the bye. We have that week to rest. He should be good after that. Even Dak was kind of like, yeah, we're good. We're good here. Do you think it's some of that, or do you think it legitimately is I, that he's going to be back this week? I don't I don't really remember it that way, honestly. Okay. I don't remember it being like, we're good well, they were very dismissive, I mean, like before the bye. Well, Dak, Dak was a lot of that, and yeah. I don't trust him at all. He's, yeah. I mean, like the way he could, he had to, he had to hop into the locker room in New England on Zeke's shoulder, yeah. and then he kind of stumped his way out to the podium and was like, "I needed to give you all something to talk about." I'm just like, "You're just, you're just being Dak. You're just putting a, a confident face on whatever's bothering you." Like I, those, that's not the same to me as what the organization might be saying. Yeah, I, I but I, I feel like this, this is different. I mean, this week, uh, um, just, just really by what he's able to do. I'd be like, if, I just what he's, they're putting him out there. And and as far as like working out and and jogging a little bit, I just feel like if he was that far away, they probably wouldn't even mess with it right now. Um, I don't I don't think he was that close to playing. I think you know with with Xavier Woods saying you know man we thought he was going to play. Mike McCarthy won the week. I mean, I mean, we say all all this stuff about managing the game and stuff, mm-hmm. which I thought he did a pretty good job in managing that game in a in a couple of ways. But they managed the week. The whole Cowboys managed that, and it worked. It you worked know, pretty well. You know, it's interesting. I've always thought this too, and people, a lot of people outside the organization talk about how having an owner that's as visible and talks as much as Jerry does can be a detriment. I actually think in a lot of instances. It creates so much confusion on what really is happening outside of the building. Like the media is like, well, Jerry's saying this and the coach is saying this and the player is saying this. I actually think it creates clouds of, man, who knows what's going on? And the only people that really know are the people that's on the football side of this building. I don't know if that was always true, though. Like I do feel like there was always this tone of like, 
And Jerry did it earlier this year. I think it was about um I think it was about Terrence Steele starting mm-hmm. maybe or something. But yeah, like that's he, what it was. He kinda he gave yeah, he gave away he gave it away on Tuesday and yeah. everybody was all upset about it. But I just during the Garrett era it felt like Gary uh, Jerry kind of gave it away a lot more often, whereas like Jerry came out on Friday and was like, we're feeling great about Dak. We're feeling super optimistic. And everybody was like, OK, but like that didn't really change the narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is you're right. Like I talk to people who don't live in this and I'm not talking about like cowboy fans or anything like, you know, I've got writer friends yeah. and stuff like that. People, you know, I've got friends that cover the Vikings and other teams and they're like, well, I saw where. Jerry said this, and I'm like, yeah, but there's like 18 other layers to this that I don't blame you for not noticing, right. but that ain't that's not the whole story. It, it, it can get so, really convoluted. So what you're asking is, are they trying this again? Yeah. Are, are we going down this road again? Yeah. Are, are we, we going to try to dupe the, the Broncos to thinking that? Yeah. I, to, I will tell, the, tell you this, and I don't know if you guys heard Jerry this morning on the radio. Mm-hmm. He talked about this, and they asked him, like, is there something to – being able to hide what you're going to do. And Jerry said, absolutely. He was like, that's probably, he said it's probably one of the most important things you can do just because, as as we've all heard kind of being around this, every guy in that locker room is watching tape on whoever he's going against, his matchup, his guy that he has to be aware of. And so if you can keep that a, a, hidden from him all week, then he's having to do one of two things. Either he's having to make a guess and he focuses on one person that might be right, might not, or he's having to split his time, which means he can't devote all of his time to one guy and preparing to, to go against one guy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's gamesmanship 101, right? Which, so, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of chuckle at Xavier Woods. Like, really? Like, you prepared all week for Dak and then Cooper Rush just threw oh you. Oh, my for God, a I don't loop. know what to do. It's this Cooper Rush guy. Threw me for a loop, <laughs> that Cooper Rush who had never played until Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, Woods. As I, though you I, had film to watch on him anyway. And also, yeah, and, and Xavier Woods, like, had the game of his life, by yeah, the way. He did. I he just did. was shaking my head the whole time. I'm just like, well, it's not happening for you. I really thought, well, if he's getting interceptions and making plays for his team, then nah, <laughs> this is not going to be your your night. Now you know he didn't he didn't have the best game though too. Like he had a, he you look at the stat line that's good, but I mean he was doing for a lot him of, it was a, lot a really of good game. chasing there. Yeah. yeah, but but I mean he had some plays in the secondary too where he's yeah. cha- that's kind of but that's what I'm saying for his game. Yeah, for his that game. was a really good game. Yeah, he's not going to be like he's not Harrison you know. Smith. I mean. I, he didn't have that that great of a game. I mean, I, I yeah, let him in tackles, but yeah, he got some and I, you know, honestly, really nice submission hold on yeah, CD. Though. Yeah, I mean that's good. I mean he's he's the UFC champion there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't honestly, I didn't even see that until that's until what I la- later when when that that mailbag question came up. Then I went and started looking for it. I that's, didn't see it till Zeke mom's put Zeke's mom put it out on Twitter. It's the the ultimate irony is that fans know way more about what's going on than anybody that's in the building, include like definitely in us and and even the coaches to those some nuanced things that they yeah. show on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Collinsworth is like now look at the yeah. way Harrison Smith has his Adam's apple in a chokehold here, yeah. and he's like he's circling it on the telestrator. Like I, I'm not seeing yeah, that. You can't see that. I'm yeah. surprised CD just went straight for the tap out. Like like I mean, get off me, bro. I bet that's and I I mean I know people are up in arms about that. I bet I bet he gets a. He gets an envelope from the league this yeah, week. Yeah, CD will get a fine for tapping out early <laughs> like that. You can't tap out in the first five seconds of a chokehold. To answer, to go way back to your initial question, yeah. I re- like I know it's boring, but like I don't think you can answer the Dak question until like Thursday, probably. I think. I mean, I think I do think they feel very optimistic. I do think he's got a good chance to play, but player feedback and the way you respond to that stuff is is part of that. Do you think they should consider? holding him out if he's not 100%. Um, obviously, you're playing a team that's not great. You're playing a team that's in the AFC, so the loss, if you got a loss, wouldn't hurt you dramatically. And what you saw this last week may give you a little more confidence that you can actually win a game without having Dak Prescott in the lineup. And let's throw in one other caveat. We don't know about Tyron Smith. We're going to talk about him next. Let's assume that he might have to miss the game. Now you're a little bit more compromised on the offensive line as well. All that being said, would you consider holding him out if he's not 100%? I'm not getting cute and holding him out for all of the reasons that you just said. Okay. If he meets the threshold, and I don't know what their threshold is. I don't know if it's a percentage or like, can you do this, that, and the other. If he meets that, he plays. It's the NFL. You want your starter in there. If he meets the threshold where Britt Brown and everybody down the line is like, yes, he's fine, then he should play. If he doesn't, then he shouldn't. I know that's boring, but... 
I'm not weighing it differently because the Broncos are in the AFC. I you want your starter to play. If everybody feels confident that he can do so safely, he should play. Can we be honest here? Sure. Keep bothering me when you keep saying that about the Broncos loss. Like like losing to an AFC team doesn't matter. No, I didn't say it doesn't matter. I, I said it, it, does, it doesn't less. hurt. It doesn't hurt you in the same way as if you lost to an NFC team, and certainly if you lost to an NFC East team. That's well, the way it's designed. That's, that's the way. I mean, that's true. Not necessarily. I mean, it's got to work out perfectly like that. For, I mean, it's got to work out in a tie break. But if we're right, sitting here, but, I mean, if they're thirteen and four and they finish thirteen and four, and Green Bay's fourteen and three, and they're like they got the number one seed and they got the two seed because you lost to yeah, Denver. Yeah, but, okay. but all I'm saying is it's less. It is less than if you lost to an NFC team, and that is less than if you lost to an NFC East team. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, the overall record matters absolutely. Right. But this well, happened as recently as 2014. Yeah. Like they went 12 and four and and didn't get a bye because of who they lost to in the regular season. And I guarantee you, this year you look at those top five teams, tiebreakers will matter. They absolutely will matter. I so, can't imagine. Yeah, it, this but this they is, won't matter if you don't tie with them. But but, but yeah, but no, that's, I think they're that's not. What none, saying. Saying. none of these that's teams are going to go. None of these teams are going to go uh, without a loss the rest of the season. No, no. There's going to be some wins and losses. But just, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's less of a challenge. It's less of a challenge to lose that game than it is to lose even next week when you play Atlanta, because they're in the NFC. Yeah, that's it. all I'm saying. Got it. Still bothers me. <laughs> bothers. Well, I'll bet you five dollars right now. All right. Like, <laughs> two of the division winners are going to have the same record. Like I don't know who it'll be, but like. The, right, like you know, the three and four seed will have the yeah. same record, or the two and three seed will have the same record. That seems very likely to me, or I, or the wild cards, which Cowboys seem to not be part of that race. But yeah. I don't know. You never know. You know, what's even more interesting. I started looking at these teams, those top five teams, and I thought it was going to be an interesting stat that Dallas only has three more games of its ten games left. Guess how many of those teams have winning records? Ten games. I'm guessing three. Three. You just oh, said I'm sorry. It. I did say three. Okay, three. And I thought, wow, wow, Cowboys must have an advantage. Started looking at some of the other teams. Green Bay has two. Arizona has two. Like this is a top heavy division yeah. right now. I mean yeah. a conference, I should say. I, and and basically all those teams only have a couple games against each other. All the rest of their games against teams that are not. I have a feeling like that Arizona game at the end of the season. I have this feeling it's gonna mean like nothing. I wow. really do. I, like like why? I don't know. Well, I mean, the NFL's I, looking at that game already. Thinking, oh, I know, I know. Flex, that, yeah, flex, yeah flex. That, that game. You just put that up at night. You know, that's going to be a night game. Yeah. But, but well, I mean, it'll matter. But it'll be one of those things like, okay, this is just a preview. You know, they're probably going to play again. I mean, there could be some some seating, you know, issues there for three to two or one to two and all that. If it, if it goes down to like the number one seeds, of course, that'll be the biggest game ever. But, but I just feel like. It's going to be like, thing. All right, yeah. Th- this is the end of the year. Like you could win this one, but who's going to win the one in next month? You know what I mean? Because I get it, but I I think see. that's the best part about this whole seventh team uh, in each conference in the playoffs is that now with only one team getting a bye, those teams are really going to be jockeying for position at the end of the league at the end of the season. I'm talking about those teams at the top. I think either Dallas or Arizona or both will be playing in that game. To help secure their their ability to get the top seat, that game's going to matter a ton to one or both of those teams. Going back to the point about NFC games mattering a little bit more than AFC games, I just I could see that being a situation where loser of this game's playing the badass team in fifth place, and the winners right. getting the not so good team in seventh place or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah it, it matters. New, I mean, <laughs> like, all, all matter. yeah. Minnesota maybe. Could get what are you talking about? Wild cards? I'm talking about in that six seven, the difference yeah. between five and then Seattle. Seven. I think when they get Russ back, depending on where they are, they might be able to make a little Seattle. Run, you know? Yeah, I hate to. You don't want to just assume too much this early, but the fifth seed is going to be whoever doesn't win the NFC West, and That's they're, they're going to have eleven wins, yeah, or more. So you get don't want to be the fourth seed. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be the fourth seed. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we do have a couple more injuries we want to hit real quick. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way. 
where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Derek, I want you to head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, November 6th. No, just wait. Saturday, Saturday, and then just stay for the game. Uh, But November 6th, experience the Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Take the tour of the stadium, play some games, get autographs from the cheerleaders, and more. Visit ATTStadium.com slash Rally Days for tickets and more information. Rally Day number four. This is Rally Day. I'm a team player, so whatever you ask me to do, I'm all in. I was I was going to be there that Saturday. I don't know if I can be there, but we'll try. We'll you can be there. You could be there Sunday, November seventh, when they take on yes, the Denver Broncos, there, a team they have not beaten since nineteen ninety five. Really? I can we retire? Can we like? <laughs> I I don't I care. I don't care about how when the last time they beat an AFC team was. They only play them once every four years. Yeah. So, how old were you in nineteen ninety five? Um, zero, six or seven. Ooh, six. No, I'm not that oh, young. Yeah. I I so I grew up in New Orleans. The Saints were garbage, and my whole life until high school when Breeze got there, I loved the like oh, when when but, when they got Terrell Davis and were doing their thing. I loved the Broncos, just like every other six year old bandwagon fan. Not Terrell Davis hmm? killed him in '98, mm-hmm. 2001, <laughs> 2001 That was the game. That was the. Uh, that was the game that Dave Campo did not go for two, and they were down by. Uh, they, they had cut it to. They were down like by sixteen. They're down by sixteen, and they that. scored, yeah. and they made it. We nine. talked about that on the break. Bad decision, Dave. And this this older older reporter said, "Why didn't you go for two? And he's like, "Well, because we didn't feel like it was the right time to do that, and all that." And he's like, "Bad decision, Dave. That was a bad decision." <laughs> oh he was my like, God. "Yeah, right in the press conference, it was." It was and that lovely. became kind of a mantra. The media yeah. would say that regularly. Bad decision, bad decision Dave. Dave. Throughout his entire tenure, that's amazing. Every time he gets something wrong, bad decision. Right. My, my friends say that to me on weekend nights. It's bad, great. bad decision, Dave. <laughs> just weekend nights. Yeah. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I'm, I was just trying to think. I mean, they haven't beaten them. I mean, Ron Dane killed them on Thanksgiving. I mean, best game was the Romo. The obvious, yeah. yeah. That, that game was so good. People were killing Daniel Jones in the the game they just played that the Cowboys won. Mm-hmm. He got concussed by Jabril Cox, which sucks for him. He's out for the year. I feel terrible about that. But Jabril Cox stops him on the naked boot, and everybody was like, why would you do that with your quarterback? You're putting him in danger. I was like, I don't know. I saw Peyton Manning do that here a few years ago, and it kicked ass. You were the only one that saw it. Yeah, seriously. I mean, the, the, the Cowboy players did well, see That's it. one. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I know no that. Do you think that that right there, that game, I mean, is just Tony Romo's career in a nutshell? Just the, the entire game? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, see that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're battling with, like, you're flirting with greatness with going up against – the goat greatness you know yeah. and, and you're you're with them you know right then and then then like here here it is here's your moment go down there you're sitting at like 506 passing yards if you get your team in field goal range to win you're gonna probably pass to get there and by passing to get there you're gonna set the nfl record for passing yards in a game mm-hmm. it's like 560 and you're sitting in the 20 yard line you got to get down there you're gonna do it you're gonna win 51 to 48 and this is your moment and then you throw a pick 
Mm-hmm. A After a pick. phenomenal game. Yeah. That's his career. Yeah. 2006. Not only that, did but. That, all that, and then he fumbles a snap. I mean, yeah. like, that's Robo's career. It's yeah. like. Yeah. It's like it's so close to being great, and then it wasn't because of you. Sounds like a documentary. Hey, oh, and it's <laughs> well, not that line. It's the I mean, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna agree to that. I gotta, don't tell can't, him. Can't approach it that way. You let him see it with everybody else. What do you think, Bean? It's the epitome of like oh, those teams too. Like every game of of those years, like. The narrative could have swung so wildly. Like if you beat Denver, you're three and two. Mm-hmm. They won their next two games. So if you get that win, now you're what? I can't do math. Now you're five and two. You know, those teams never got that far out ahead of their record ever because yeah. you throw a late game interception and now you're two and three and you're clawing just to try to get they back. They were just good enough to be interesting, Ugh. but never could quite get there. You Dave, know? Dave knows this answer because of his forearm. Uh, do you remember who picked off uh, uh, Peyton Manning that day? I had one interception. <laughs> I'm, the answer's sitting there for you. He gave it away because it's like one of three interceptions of his entire career. Mo, Mo Claiborne. Was that Mo? Yeah, yeah. he picked off. Yeah, oh. I picked off Peyton that day. He only had three in his career. No, 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 no but no. I was about to say it, it was. It was. He probably had more than that with the Jets. I guarantee you. I saw him Diggs, the other day. Diggs has I more think. this year than he had in his. I saw Claiborne. Yeah. He was at. Uh, Danny, he was at yeah. Danny's. Yeah. No, they're they're yeah. very good. They're friends. very good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Skinny, skinny Mo. Skinny Mo, is that what he is now? Hey, like I've said a thousand times, you've heard me say it. When players retire, they they go one way or the other. Good I mean, point. And uh, he went that other way. All right, let's yeah, let's get back to these injury uh, conversations. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Tuesdays. You, yeah, There's you no know telling where it's going to go. Actually, People are getting a, an opportunity to see just one. kind of what happens when we're just kind of sitting around just talking because that's exactly where it goes. It's all over the place. It's, it's just random conversation. But yeah. let's talk about Tyron Smith. Yeah, uh, this ankle ankle injury. Um, I, I'm. I'm getting the impression, and I'm seeing the look on your face. I'm getting the well, impression that this is something that's a little more than just uh, he banged yeah. it and, and kind of day-to-day type thing. Well, I'm a Mavericks fan, so I don't like the word Spurs anyway. But i <laughs> um, kidding because uh, there's a lot of Cavs fans. I'm going to say careful. Yeah, kidding, haha, <laughs> Spurs. Sorry, um, Yeah. <laughs> no, but a bone spur, is, that's what's, what was revealed uh, today. And, you know, that's, that's an injury that if it requires surgery – if it requires surgery, yeah. then obviously that that's going to take some time. But there's it's def- a pain injury. It's right? a pain injury, yeah. and you know you could tell Dave at the game like he, it was very similar to New England, except for the fact that he didn't run back onto the field and play. I mean, he was. It's like he was kind of walking around. And I thought he, he'll get back in there, and he didn't. I thought it was weird because I, yeah, you described it perfectly. But in my mind, I was like. The way, like, he was just walking around slowly with this scowl on his face. And I was, like, not holding his helmet. When the offense was on the field, he'd be way down by the defense, just kind of pacing around, looking pissed off. And when the offense was on the bench, he'd be standing there letting the starters sit. And I was like, he doesn't look like he's coming back. But, and what I thought made that weird was like, why don't you get out of the 30 pounds of equipment you have to wear if you're not going to come back? But I don't know. Maybe that's just a personal decision. Like, no, I'll deal with that later. But it was, yeah, it was curious to me. So, so were you guys shocked in that game when he was out that the Cowboys didn't decide to use Lyle Collins at tackle at one of the two tackle positions? No. And I talked about this this morning. It's, I mean, I get it. He, I think he could do it. He hasn't played. He was an amazing left tackle at LSU. That was 2014. That's. I mean, Romo was leading them to the playoffs the last time Lyle played left tackle. That's a long time. He didn't rep it in, in practice. Ty Insecki's been repping it since he's gotten back from his injury. He played it all through training camp. I think that makes sense. Like not just throwing a guy out there and asking him to do something he hasn't done in almost. Okay, a so decade. I'll take that one step further, knowing that this was something that went back to the New England game with Tyron. Did the Cowboys waste a week last week by having Lyle working at guard and versus back. having and full? Well, that was actually a good idea. But <laughs> instead of having him working at tackle, knowing that Tyron may be a little gimpy, I'm, I, I don't I, that that just that, I don't know. That feels like a a level of second guessing where I'm just like you have Inseki. You probably want to give a guy who's been out for five weeks like a very specific regimen and not just will just asking him to do everything at once. I I think he should practice at left tackle this week. Yeah. I absolutely think he should. You think left? 
You don't think yes. put steel at left. Here, you think put Ter- it left. Here's my issue no. with that, and I said this on the mailbag. That sounds good to put Terrence Steele on the left side. He's a little no, bit then. well. It, it, he's he's more. Yeah, he, left tackle is typically more your your more agile player, and he's oh, got okay. it, typically. What I, what oh, worries me is Connor Williams and <laughs> right. Terrence Steele together Bad that idea. side. Because if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm trying to, and I've got a Randy Gregory type that's like this. Finding a spot where yeah. I can rush, I'm like, oh, let's go over here. I think you're going to just stay there. The I'm whole overloading game. that side right. regularly in that like game that. if I'm a defensive so, coordinator. Not only that, I and and I think I'm talking real quick. I think Zach Martin helps Terrence Steele. We talked about that. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah. helps him on that. No, right exactly side. right. Yeah, Terrence. He's such a cool success story. The Cowboys deserve credit for believing in him when nobody else did. All that good stuff. He's still a really young player. Mm-hmm. He played the left tackle in training camp, but all of his work since the season started has been at right. I just don't think he's at the level where you want to be flopping him around just like, oh, well, you're hurt over here. Move. Like, no. Keep him where he's been good. Keep him where he's got a Hall of Famer helping him. Don't mess with a good thing. And honest, and I, I said this on the radio this morning. Just let – if Tyron can't go, which seems like a reasonable guess, just let Inseki and Lyle – battle that thing out all week i mean if if Inseki gets the nod whatever just let them rep it out and see what looks best i like everything you're saying there except for the the part about it at some point i don't know how this is all going to shake out and maybe it never will maybe it's always going to be like this but you know at some point you're going to need terrence Steele, i think to be the swing tackle so like you said don't move him back and forth but if I want my, I want a young guy to be a swing tackle. I mean, then he needs to. But be. that's the work I want to give him in training camp and the off season because that's about getting used to the idea that now your your when you when your your footwork on yeah. the right side has to change on mm-hmm. the left side. Yeah. I, I don't want to do that in mid season. Like they said, he's playing pretty good right now. I don't want to mess Sounds with like that. He kind of did though. He was at left left tackle. Now he's at right. right. But making that change in the middle of the season might be a little bit more. I I think uh, I'd rather. Also, McCart like McCarthy's not going to give anything away, but you can find his likely answer in the context clues of what he says, and he loves him some continuity. He is obsessed. He brings it up a lot. The correlation between the combined starts of your offensive line, how many starts yeah. are you getting out of your five, how many times have they played together? I haven't done the numbers myself, but he insists that the correlation between that and success is remarkable. Yeah. So I think. In in a best case scenario, Mike McCarthy probably wants to keep as many people as possible where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jerry said it on the radio today too. He said you don't want to move two; you'd rather just move one than to move yeah. two. So that's. Do we have an answer on this? Yes. I mean, like, what, yeah, Lyle. So. Lyle can cool. do it and hasn't done it in a long time. Ty and Secchi's been doing it. Let them just get it. Get out there on Wednesday and Thursday and see what looks better. So when somebody calls this afternoon from the trade deadline and says, "Looks like you got a few tackles over there," you just kind of hang up on them, or I politely say, "Kick rocks." I wouldn't even say it politely. I'd be like, "Nah, I'm good." We'll give you a fifth you for Insecki. No, no, go not away. right now. Not right now. Leave me alone. Fifth for Insecki. What? Uh, look, what's more? Like we're sitting here talking about. Tyron Smith not being available again, it sucks. It's not his neck, by the way. I just want to throw that out right. there. It's not his right. neck, but this is just, this is, it is what it is. Tyron Smith is not, I don't want to say he's not reliable because he's such a tough player, but like you cannot count on him to be in the lineup. It, that, that That is what it is. So, so why am I trying to get rid of people who can help me weather that no, problem? I, I'm with you. I'm and not, not arguing that, with you. I'm just, you're six and one, in my opinion, uh, from the standpoint of how you look at, at, at this trade deadline. You're six and one. Don't do anything to disrupt what you currently have unless you're getting something that helps you right now. Now, if you were trading, let's say they were saying, okay, we will we will give you some really great center for Ty and Seki. Okay, now let's have a conversation. Or you look at a position where you actually can upgrade your team by getting rid of something that you think could be somewhat of a surplus. Maybe you talk about it there. But I, I'm not willing to give up any assets right now. For what can be a draft pick down the road, yeah. that doesn't help me right now. I'm a six and one team. I'm trying to win right now. Right, and, and, and not to, not to get cute, but I mean the, the goal here obviously is to play 13 more games. Yeah. I mean, you got 10, and then you, you want to play three more. And this yeah. team looks like a, somebody that you know, as good as any other team in the league, has a chance to, to play 13 more games. And so I said this on the radio too when when they called. Um, they were talking about yesterday. Would you do? 
you know, what would you give Tony Pollard? Would you trade Tony Pollard to somebody? They asked me they that today. Too. I laughed in their face. Right. Called them stupid. I, I said, Once again, you, would have you have to be polite round, about it. Would you do a first round pick? <laughs> For Tony Pollard? Oh, come See, on. See, that's what I said. I said it's got to be a first-round pick. Now, I actually I said it starts at a two. Like, I need – I would probably oh. – I said no to the two. Well, it's not just no – I said it starts with a two, not just a okay. two. Oh, but I need with the two. I need the two and then maybe another two or a three, whatever. You could make me an offer that I wouldn't be able to say no to, but – Who's giving all that up right. for Tony Pollard? Right. I mean, Nobody's not even the Titans already played their card. They went and signed Adrian Peterson. Why would they give up a first round pick on top of? I mean, yeah. if you if you called and offered me a first, I don't. That would be hard to say it, no to. Yeah, unless but, it's one of my, especially if, if any guy that's that's a backup type player that you're going to offer me a one, then I'm definitely going to listen no matter what. But yeah, that's the point. They're not going to do that. But so and it's not feasible that you're going to get rid of any the thing. Of these guys. Of, the thing that pisses me off about Pollard more than any is like. They they play the most physical position in the game. And Zeke's been very durable over his career, but like he's one horse collar away from being away from being gone. And they got nothing behind him if if Tony Pollard's not on this team. Like they got yeah. the they have the best duo in the league right now, but if you get rid of that depth, like Rico Dowdle's not here. Corey they, Clement. Cor, cool. Corey yeah. Corey Clement. And as we've seen across the league this last week. There are a lot of teams whose fortunes change with one player going down, and not and and I running backs don't matter. And like we talk about that, they do no. in Tennessee, <laughs> they, they do in Dallas too. Like True, yeah. good running backs still make a difference. Yeah. Like even even a good running team, like everything that Lamar Jackson does for the Ravens, they are different without Dobbins and yep. uh, Edwards. Like they like they're making do with replacement level players, and that's what it looks like. Like. Guys with juice do matter. Maybe we can get into the whole thing about how much money you want to pay them, but Zeke and Pollard are such an asset to this team. I wouldn't yep. want to mess with either one yep. of them. I can't think of a single guy, because you start going down that list, people like Gallup and Collins and Steele and even Jarwin, guys that you're like, they're not starters, would you consider? I'm like, no. Every single one of them could play a role for you if you get one injury. And, and that's where I'm like, on right. a team like this, it's not worth it. Especially look at the safety position. It's a good example. At one point, they're sitting there like a few weeks ago, like got all these guys coming, you know, that are banged up. And uh, I mean, they got all these guys, but like, what are you going to do at safety? But they, they kind of just work themselves out. You know, Donovan Wilson comes in, and and I mean, they, he played a pretty good game the other day as well. KZ. It's and- ironic. I, I agree with you. That's. Two positions, which why would the Cowboys be trying to get rid of players right now? Again, they're trying to low, they they're trying to go far, but safety and defensive end are two positions where I would listen to that phone call. Like I don't know who's beating down your door for Dorrance Armstrong or Malik Hooker, but if somebody called about those guys, it's it's so weird to say that they have the depth at safety where they could do it. But they could. I'm not saying that I they just, should. I just wouldn't. Yeah, no. I just wouldn't. I, and I, you're right. You listen, but but I just I just feel like we all know the NFL and we know how how dangerous a sport it is from the standpoint of injuries and, and playing through injury and that kind of stuff. Do I take the chance when you got a team that has actually has depth in the free agency era, an NFL team that actually has depth at a lot yeah. of positions? Why mess with that? I I want to be clear. I would. I don't understand why they would want to trade away really anybody on this team right now. No. With what they've got going. I think the only move that that is made today is if is if somebody's looking to get rid of a a veteran contract, you know, a guy that's going to be in his last year of his deal, and so they're probably not re-signing him, so they see if they can get something for him, and he comes in and he can, you know, like 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 a, a Von Miller type of move. Which type of move like that? I could see that. I would have but done. It's only I would have done the Melvin Ingram deal for sure. You saw it? You see that? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have considered Mel- that. Melvin Ingram. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, they gave up a sixth rounder. Um, yeah. The Chiefs gave up a six rounder to get him from Pittsburgh, which yeah. which a, that's that's the kind of deal that you talk yeah, about all the time. Yeah, Dave. It, it, you give up a late round pick, which you know he's he's older now. He's got one sack. I don't know if he's the same guy that was so great in L.A. for or San Diego, where whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah. It's the, like it's a six round pick. Yeah, Just probably throw, yeah. throw that on the table. But I don't do the Von Miller deal. No, I don't give up a two and a three no. for a guy at that age with on the last year of his deal. I'm I'm just not willing to do that. Yeah. 
I where I uh, off a guard or center, you know, like that. I mean, I'm talking about that type of guy, a guy that's maybe been to a Pro Bowl or whatever. But the thing is, is he's got. You talked about continuity with McCarthy. I mean, guy's gonna come in now. If if you get a veteran like that, obviously he, he should be able to mesh quick quickly. But I don't I don't know. And then a corner, I could see that maybe, but you know, just for for your depth, but. I mean, like it or not, I mean, Anthony Brown's playing pretty well. They like what they're going to get back. They're getting with Kelvin Joseph. That's the fun, uh, like ever, and that I mean, and that's what they keep saying, which is why I don't expect anything to happen. Is uh, you know, I just mentioned Ingram, but it's even it's hard to find a place for him. Basham just had his best game. Yeah, Armstrong's back. Tank is on the horizon. Randy's obviously killing it. Like it. You could make it work if they had done that you deal, but, work, but yeah. they got bodies there. Kelvin Joseph all of a sudden gives you a fourth corner that you hope can kind of ro- like mix in and maybe get some additional playing time. So even the, the positions of need, they're getting guys back that can help them with that, yeah. not not center, obviously. It would have to be a guy, and it wouldn't be like Amari Cooper, but it would have to be somebody, you make a trade, it's somebody like, okay, they're, look, they're not going to re-sign him, but we probably will. Yeah. Like we are going to re-sign this this guy. We he, we see him in the, in the future, and where where's a spot where you would do that? I mean, they like Biotish. I mean, I'm just at center. Yeah. They they like him, and at guard, maybe they don't. maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Connor Williams is probably not coming back. I'm guessing, I, and so yeah. that's the position where if you're looking at a position, everything lines up to where. But if you, you had the right opportunity, maybe it makes sense. If I'm but. another team in the league, you know, when when he when he goes to free agency, I would probably look at him at center. Or tackle, I just don't think he's the guard. I think he's a center or a tackle. Um, he's got athleticism. He's just the strength is just that's where the problem is. Is that's where he gets those holds? Is he gets with somebody that just a little bit? I think I think he could be a tackle, honestly, or maybe even a center. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, we got a couple more injuries we want to hit real quick before we end the show. We'll do that, and we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Be the first to receive new offers, event info, and more when you sign up to receive text messages from the team. Text COWBOYS to NFLDAL, that's 635-325, to receive 10% off your next Pro Shop order. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Give me an update on Trayvon Diggs. He also had an ankle, I think it is. Where is he as far as the status of of his ability to play this week? I'm fine. That's what he said. That's what he said. I'm fine. 
He did. I, I did notice after he finished interviewing with you after the game, mm-hmm. uh, me and Clarence Hill were, were standing outside. A couple other media people came out of the press conference, and and we were watching him. And he turned and he walked away. Didn't seem to have a limp. No boot. Nothing like that. So the assumption was, well, maybe he's all right, but. Obviously, you know. I actually went back and watched the play, and, and I'm sure the fans have as well. Uh, it was it was like the third to last play of the game, and he he, he did a nice job. Him and somebody else got uh, not, uh, made a tackle right on the sideline there to kept it going, um, and he got just kicked. It wasn't like a caught caught underneath. Yeah. It was like somebody like kicked his ankle. He's just like shooting pain. He limped off, but. You know, that it was more like a bruise. It's fine. But okay. I will say this is funny. I was on the sideline and I looked over and, and it was a big play because the Vikings were trying to get out of bounds and the Cowboys got him right before. And I looked back and there's a ton of Cowboy fans. Everyone knows you could t- hear it, Cowboy fans. You, you could, you, I just wish you could have seen how many people in the stands were doing the winded up sign of like keep like the refs will do when the clock is going. There were a ton of fans doing that. It it was just kind of funny. Like all these referees in the stands, like knowing that rule and doing it, and everyone on the Cowboys sideline was doing it. It, it was it was without a doubt, and this is just how great the Cowboys season is. Without a doubt, the biggest crowd I've ever seen in Minnesota. Yeah, that that's one of those cities. It's very similar to Kansas City, in my opinion. It's one of those cities where they do a good job of maintaining their home field advantage with regards mm-hmm. to their fans. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of yeah. you don't see a lot of extra fans that are not. New Orleans is another one. You don't see a lot of the other team's fans. Like they have a way of kind of maintaining control of their environment for the most part. You know, I was. I mean, we're used to this. Cowboy fans take over FedEx, Phoenix, Miami, yeah. where you name it, they yeah. do it. But a lot of places, yeah. I was blown away, yeah. I, and and it's one like when when Cooper makes a catch, it's that's obvious because everybody knows to go cool, like yeah. that's cool. But when Zeke trucked those guys to pick up the third and eleven, I looked up from my laptop. I was like, are we in Arlington right yeah, the now? The crowd went like, crazy. Yeah. And by the way, loud. in this stadium, obviously, we have access. There's no glass separating us. We can actually hear the crowd. Yeah. And yeah, you could tell Cowboys fans were erupting in moments where Cowboys like, did good things. Erupting. Yeah. Like, the whole building is, like, freaking out that this, the Cowboys made a good play. Like, I... I was stunned, and that's and, and I, like I said, I know that this happens, but I I wasn't ready for it. I put it on Twitter. I have that video of uh, Shannon actually took the video of Cooper catching the touchdown. And of course, I'm you know standing right there in the corner and knowing that I'm uh, the camera's on, so I'm trying to like play it cool and you know. But really, more all I'm thinking of is okay. There's 51 seconds left, so there's a lot of football left. Um, I, I'm thinking probably in my in my head, I'm thinking Dave's probably up there going, "You have too much time, too much time on the clock." I actually so, but but real quick before you get to that point, I was just like everybody that responded on the on Twitter about that is like, I can't believe how loud it was when he caught the game winner yeah. with a minute to go. Uh, no, I was just I I tweeted this when it happened like. If Dak's your quarterback, then that was stupid. Like I just you trust your quarterback. I would play it differently. I would try to bleed clock. You trust the guy that's playing at an MVP level. Cooper Rush just score the touchdown. Just the touchdown. Yeah, just score the touchdown. touchdown yeah. Take the lead. And by the way, the defense have been playing their butts yeah. off. And so, yeah, I do not put. Kirk Cousins in the Brady Rogers class, yeah, where true. you're like, with no timeouts. Yeah, I mean, you're right. screwed. You're when screwed. You left him too much time. When I saw 51 seconds, I was like, oh, Cowboys won this game. Because I again, yeah, because Man, again, I don't. Put, go that I don't far. put. I don't put Kirk Cousins in that no, category. Like now, if it was one of those quarterbacks that that just well, but no. And here's the other thing: if it would have been for a field goal, I would have been like, okay, this is going to be a problem. It need, they needed to drive the field and get a touchdown. They hadn't done that since the first quarter. No, but there were I seven, just didn't There were seven people against them. Anyway, I don't want to say it like that. Yeah, I don't uh, know. No, I'm not going to say it like fan. that. But, but <laughs> it's a little bit much. Uh, it's a little not, strong. Not, not, not against them, but but I mean, it is a it was a flag happy crew. And it, yeah, and, and so all it takes. All I thought about was the seven 2017 game against the Raiders mm-hmm. when they took a lead like that, and it was like a 65 yard pass interference penalty to get down there. All it takes is something crazy like that. Jefferson's got him beat. He stops. 
Anthony Brown runs into him, flag. Next thing you know, you're on the 35 and you're throwing into the I end get zone. that. So, I just didn't trust I didn't trust him to get them down for a, for a touchdown. If it would have been a field goal, it would have been a completely different yeah, ball I'm game. Never I buying, didn't expect with I'm no time I'm never buying into that ever again. Not that I did this time, but, I mean, we might see him again in the playoffs. I'm not buying into him anymore. And remember, they couldn't <laughs> even manage bad. halftime. I think they couldn't even manage halftime. They didn't manage halftime. They yeah. certainly blew that. And yeah. I And I think you're right, Chris. I think that they thought – Three points. The Cowboys got three points. We're up 10-3. Wait, what's Cooper Rush going to do? Come yeah. out in the third quarter on the third And by the way, he hadn't done anything. No. He, he had not done anything up until that point. And I really think halftime, I think Kellen decided, look, if we're going to win this game, we got to turn him loose. And whatever happens, happens. But we got to turn him loose. But, he only had 17 passes at halftime. Ended with 41. Go go back and look. or Go go look at the score by quarters for this season. It's, you know, Cowboys had pretty much lead in just about every quarter. It's third quarter, they kick people's ass in the third mm-hmm. quarter. That's a credit to Kellen Moore. It's a credit to Dan Quinn. They, I mean, I know you think halftime adjustments are overrated, or I think you've said that. Well, I just think— You don't have a lot of time. It, it doesn't happen at halftime. It it's happens, not like both bands come happens, out in high right. school and it you have 38 minutes. It happens constantly throughout the game. Like, yeah. by the time they all get down there and get into the locker room, they've probably got three and a half minutes before they got to go back out. Well, why, do, why do you think—I mean, why do, you, why do we think the third quarter has been— been good for the Cowboys. I, 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 don't I don't know, know if I why. agree with that completely, Dave. I do think at halftime, sometimes, again, especially if your defensive coordinator is up in the box, I do think there is a moment for the coach to talk to his coordinators and say, okay, we're going to strategically do more of this, do less of this. I just think, Let's try to see if we can incorporate this more because this is what we're seeing. By the time the third quarter starts, I just think you've got a pretty complete data set of what they're trying to do and what you think True. you can do. Uh, it, yes, it matters. Of course it matters. All I'm saying is like, there's not just this grand scene from a movie where McCarthy comes onto the whiteboard in the locker room. He's like, all right, listen up. They've been doing this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to go out, and we're going to kick. Like, that doesn't happen. See it, that doesn't happen. They <laughs> like, go, they huddle in their position groups, and they're like, okay, we're seeing a lot of quarters here in yeah. this down and this distance. We Here's think we can how we're going to that. These yeah. are our beaters for this. Like, but that's, that's halftime. That, those but are the halftime. It happens in the I, first quarter, too. I, I get that. I get that. I do think, though, at halftime, that's when everything stops for a minute. They're, you're doing that, all that stuff yeah. during the game. There are bullets seen, flying everywhere. I think that's when it stops for a moment, and everybody can say, okay, guys. Here's the overall. Here's what yeah. we were talking about a little bit in the first quarter, second quarter. Here's how we're going to handle this the rest I've of the seen, game. I've seen it happen in the middle of a game. You completely make a change to your defensive scheme in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. Coach Yost brought brought uh, his team over. <laughs> oh, my God. Sunshine went to I, defense. I fell <laughs> so hard for that. Pete Jones was like, oh, know, Nick's, and it's they, story they time with give Nick. Us a great moment. And they blitzed. All night. That's, That's what right. happened. Oh my god! You Wait, fell for that. I fell. I fell for that hook, line, and sinker. No, I was gonna make. Oh no! It's funny you brought that up. I uh, I wound up next to a, a family of Vikings fans. I guess you know maybe they're from up there or whatever. But they were flying back here with me, so I was on the airport shuttle with them. And this grumpy Vikings fan was like, "You know, we're we're like the highest scoring offense in the NFL in the first quarter." <laughs> and we're thirtieth in the second half. I was just like, "Yikes!" I mean, that that that, sucks. that played out on yeah. Sunday night. Like that, I was just like, "Man, sucks to be all." Sorry yeah. about it. Yeah, it sucks. All right, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start getting into this next game: Cowboys versus Broncos. They will be without Von Miller, so that makes it a little easier. Uh, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk about the uh, Broncos offense versus the Cowboys defense. Till then, for Dave Hellman, Nicky, and I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!